Hello and welcome back to Life Changes You. Today I have a guest who we've had on before, Isaac Lee, and he's been on talking about gaming in the past. Today we're going to talk about COVID and working from home and some of the effects of lockdown because even here, even though here in Australia uh, we seem to be doing okay, around the rest of the world, Europe and America, they're still in quite dire straits with lockdowns and unable to work. So it's a pretty important topic to talk about at this time. When the pandemic first started, we were I was actually thinking, should we actually even talk about the pandemic? Because then it sort of dates what we're doing if I wanted to replay them. However, in the time that's gone by, since last March in 2020, um, we've the pandemic has just continued. So it's an important thing to cover. So I'd like to welcome Isaac Lee. How are you, Isaac? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, it should be good. Good topic to cover. Hmm. So what do you think are the main things with COVID that uh, that would be affecting people at the moment? Well, I guess here in Australia and overseas. In Australia, we're a lot more calmer at the moment. Yeah, so I, I thought it'd be good for us to talk a little bit about anxiety and some of the pros and cons of anxiety, uh, particularly in this context around the pandemic uh, and, and how people are dealing with that in positive ways and ways that we can maybe improve that. And also if we maybe uh, have time to talk about working from home and just some tips around working from home, how to uh, kind of navigate around uh, working from home and the the anxiety that happens there, but also just like some some different tips on how to improve things. Because I guess, um, I mean, I don't have children, but people who do have children and they're working from home and they're doing homeschooling and trying to work and they've got their partner, it could be a really probably catastrophic atmosphere really. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's difficult, right? It's yeah. just straight up difficult. Uh, there's there's a whole host of different things uh, regarding working from home. Should we start with the anxiety or should we start with working from home? What do you reckon? We'll start with the anxiety because the anxiety, I mean, there will be people listening who aren't actually working from home. There are those people who have lost their jobs or are on JobKeeper or overseas, I think it's called furlough to keep their jobs open for when they can go back. So, I mean, they would be suffering from anxiety while they're just staying at home, waiting to see what the outcome will be. So, yeah, let's talk about anxiety. Yeah, cool. Let's start by kind of framing anxiety and what it's designed to do because uh, the the reason why humans have anxiety is honestly to just keep us alive. That's the whole, the whole thing, right? So if you imagine a caveman and he sees a, a saber-toothed tiger, he needs to get ready to run away from that saber-toothed tiger. Make sense? Yeah. So you might have heard fight or flight. Have you heard that one before? Yep. yep. Uh, the last one is freeze. So fight or flight or freeze. So if we see uh, this saber-toothed tiger. Freeze before. Yeah. It, it doesn't get as much airtime as no. fight or flight. The other F. Yeah. So the fight is, okay, I see this saber-toothed tiger. I need to get ready to punch on with the saber-toothed tiger. Or yep. I need to get ready to run away from it. Yep. Now, if I can't fight it and I can't run away from it, then maybe if I pretend to be dead, right? Maybe if I freeze up uh, yeah. and at least I'm not present for that mauling that's about to take place. So hopefully <laughs> the uh, safety tiger just gets disinterested and, and, and walks away. Yeah. So when we see that saber tiger, we need to get more uh, blood around to our uh, extremities, around to our fists in order to punch harder and our legs in order to run away faster. Yeah. So what's the uh, muscle that pumps blood around our body? Heart. 
Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you weren't expecting a quiz, were you, today? No, no, no. I thought you were going to just tell me and carry on talking. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> so we're going to see this increased heart rate. Yeah. Now, the way that uh, humans regulate our temperature when we're running away from a safety tiger is to sweat. So we're going to see increased sweating as well. Yeah. So increased heart rate, increase in sweating. Now, if you're going to run away from a safety tiger, do you think it's a good idea to spend a bunch of energy digesting breakfast or would it be a good idea to maybe shut that digestion off? Shut it off. Yeah, shut it off. Exactly right. Yeah. So what we see is uh, that digestion shuts off. Uh, which can feel like a butterfly is in the stomach, but then it can also turn into a churning in the stomach and can even turn into like uh, irritable bowel or constipation or diarrhea, yeah. uh, issues with digestion. There. And now that's over a long period of time, but the idea is that your body is reacting to a saber-toothed tiger in order to run away, in order to fight, in order to maybe even freeze up. Yeah. These are the physiological responses to this saber-toothed tiger. Now, there are a couple of other ones like uh, hypervigilance. This is right. Uh, let's say that you've run away from this saber toothed tiger. It's no longer there. Yep. Maybe you've hid behind a tree and you can't see it anymore. But you're still going to be pretty paranoid that there's saber toothed tigers around. Even if you can't see them, even if you know it's not there, you're just going to be like, you're not going to be able to concentrate on what's directly in front of you. Instead, you're going to be looking around to see if there's any other saber toothed tigers around. Yep. Kind of like, even though it's not there, you're still kind of hypervigilant about these potential yep. worries. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any actual saber-toothed tigers around. No. No. But when we talk about threats to our life, right, threats to our safety, there is this thing that's been going around uh, the entire world that is a legitimate threat to our safety. Yeah. Uh, and that's this COVID-19. So we've seen a dramatic increase in anxiety across a lot of people just in regards to fear that I will catch this disease, that it will potentially kill me. And what that means is we have a heightened amount of anxiety, which actually gives us more energy to do things like avoid going outside, making sure that we've got masks on, uh, worrying about what's going to happen to our safety, taking precautions, making sure not to touch surfaces that maybe other people have touched. So these are responses that our brain and our body have done in order to actually protect us. And yeah. this is one of the great things about anxiety. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that if you didn't have any anxiety, you wouldn't be worried about going to the supermarket no. uh, with or without a mask. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be worried about uh, you know, catching the disease. You'd actually run into a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. There's actually, there's a, a woman in China that has a calciformed amygdala. So she doesn't have a, the part of her brain that produces that anxiety response, right. which is pretty interesting in my opinion. Yeah. A lot of people think like, oh, geez, that sounds pretty great. Not having to stress or worry about things. Actually, not so much for her. Like uh, she's, uh, she's been assaulted a bunch of times because she's walked down alleyways at three in the morning, just not thinking that there's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, she's got a lot of problems with telemarketers because she just doesn't have that part of her brain that goes, oh, this might be a scam. Yeah. So she can still use logic and still think and be rational. But, you know, she might like wake up in the morning and, you know, those mornings where you wake up and you think, oh, I can't really bother going to work today. Like, well, she doesn't have that part of her that goes, you might get fired. Yeah. Uh, you might not have a job. You might not have money to pay rent. And yeah. so what happens is that she wakes up and has that feeling and just goes back to sleep. 
yeah. then and then wakes up and she can use her logic and realize that you know I, I do actually need to go to work and then apologize and that kind of thing but you know this part of our brain this anxiety it's it's super helpful for us but when when it gets overloaded that's when it becomes a bit of an issue and uh, it, it it messes with our day it uh means that we stop engaging with people stop uh enjoying life and maybe if it gets if it gets dialed up too high right when we're worried about catching that disease to the point where we're not leaving the house we're not catching up with friends we're not engaging with our community that's when we can see a whole host of other health problems come come with it yeah and i mean anxiety yeah, as you say is a normal thing i mean uh, what annoys me is when people say, I mean, I know anxiety is a mental illness, mental disorder. However, we all have some variant of anxiety, whether mm -hmm. it might be we're just a bit embarrassed if we go into a new restaurant we haven't been into and our friend that we're meeting is not there, so our anxiety goes up a bit. But as you say, we all live with anxiety, yep. some to greater degrees than others. And I guess with lockdown, we've had a whole host of new things that we have to remember, we've had to learn. We've also had people who have said it's not real. And to be honest, when it first started, I was a bit like, well, maybe it's not real because it was like we're in this science fiction film, you know. What was going on? Why? You know, we've got all these great scientists around the world and yet this pandemic has started and you think in 2020 nothing like this could ever happen. Mm, mm, yeah. It's, and, uh, and even in those first few months of it happening here in Australia, I'd like, because I was fortunate enough, I had to work because of the job I'm in, but I'd get home and, you know, it was 8 o'clock, you weren't allowed out the house and you'd sit there and you go, what the hell's going on? Mm, it's bizarre. Like our whole kind of frame framework of what life is has shifted dramatically. Yeah. Uh, and that's been very difficult, more difficult for some than others. Uh, and sometimes it's easier to think that the, the framework hasn't shifted and that, you know, people are instead trying to manipulate us. Uh, yeah. yeah, it sucks. Like, it just sucks, right? And, look, there would be people out there who, I mean, I know you're a gamer, but there, there were some people I knew who are gamers, probably play different games to what you play online, but they were like, wow, it's amazing. I can stay home all day and play video games. That was great until they had to do it two or three weeks and they're going, what am I going to do? I can't stand playing these games anymore. I've watched all the TV. I've listened to all my music. Now I'm just <laughs> stuck in the house with my partner and kids. What am I going to do? Yeah, there has been some, uh, you know, particularly with the kids, like just trying to find new ways to entertain kids within four walls. It's, uh, it's actually caused a lot of ingenuity. Uh, in that uh, people have come up with some really interesting stuff, uh, particularly in the tech space, but like, oh my God, like dealing with that boredom and then it's incredibly difficult. Well, look, when the pandemic started, I had no idea what Zoom was and yeah. I certainly learnt pretty quickly. I've worked with a lot of intellectually disabled people or people with mental health issues and we started a whole range of programs that were on Zoom like bingos, online disco, sing-alongs, so that people could still stay in their home but they weren't isolated so that they could yep. still join something. And we found that all those people who came, the 10 or 15 people, have all now created like their own little community and they come on, they do their program, but everybody knows everybody and they all talk to each other and now we're not in lockdown and we've started going out for social dinners and stuff. The ones that have all met online are meeting up and it's like, wow, like I've seen this person on the screen and now I can actually see them and feel them they're real yeah yeah it's it's great it's great although i will say that there has been some stuff you know coming back to that anxiety uh there are some people that have social anxiety 
Yeah. So their their saber tooth tiger, if you will, is potentially embarrassing themselves, right? Uh, and that uh, risk factor of embarrassing themselves or, you know, saying something wrong or doing something wrong or getting judged by others, the risk factor in meeting people face-to-face dramatically increases, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that I've actually had a lot of clients, uh, so I'm a psychologist, I've got a lot of clients who have actually had a reduction in their anxiety as a result of covid Right? Right. Because they're no longer forced to go out, no longer forced yeah. to meet up with people. They've got a legitimate excuse to not leave the house. Yeah. Uh, and so suddenly their anxiety is now increasing with the reduction in uh, lockdown in, in, yeah. in requirements. So it's, it's really complicated. You, know, you, you mentioned that we all have anxiety and, you know, the difference between an anxiety disorder and, and just your everyday anxiety. The way that I... I like to phrase it with my clients, the people that I work with, is that uh, is we want we want anxiety to be in the Goldilocks zone. We don't want too little where we don't care about anything about losing our job, and we don't want too much, dialed up too much, where we get so overwhelmed about leaving the house or making a, a fool of our, ourselves or making a mistake that we you know just don't leave the house. So yeah. we don't want too little, too much. We want just right, the Goldilocks yeah. zone. It's complicated. It's complicated. And it changes from day to day. Some people will have, you know, a whole waft of anxiety that comes over them uh, and they just have difficulty leaving the house or engaging with anybody. Uh, And then other days they're actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Look, um, so what, what has been sort of the outcome in Australia with people working from home? I mean, have people found it easier? I know a couple of people that I know who have said, Oh, look, in the beginning, they said, oh, look, it's great. I can get up at 8.30, I have a quick shower, I start at 9, and I can just sit there and do my work, and then I finish at 5, and I'm already home, so there's no driving to work, driving back from work. Uh, there's no having to go and buy your lunch because you've got everything at home. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that are the people who say, by the time I get the kids up and get them organised to do their homeschooling, um, and then I've got to sit down and do work, and I've still got to check on them, I don't get half as much work done as I would do if I was in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, you, you're throwing a couple of things at me here. We got working from home. We got homeschooling. Uh, this, well, uh, you, you got me to answer answer those questions when I wasn't ready for them at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you a couple of answers. Touche, touche. Okay, so uh, let's go through some tips about working from home, uh, yeah. and then we'll talk a little bit about homeschooling. So. Yeah. Uh, so working from home, one of the, the big things uh, is that you don't have your colleagues around you, right? You mentioned yeah. a, a bunch of different benefits. You, you don't have to travel into work, yeah. so you uh, gain a bunch of time there. You can, uh, you know, like in your lunch break, you can do some housework or, you know, if you've got young kids, you can check in on kids or help yeah. with that kind of thing. Uh, and then when you finish the work day, you can log off and, and then you're done and you don't have to travel home. Yeah. Uh, downsides are that you don't have that social connection. Uh, you're not in that working environment. Uh, so I don't know about you, but there's like I work from home occasionally. Yeah. And uh, there are times where I'm wearing my shirt because I'm uh, on, a, on a Zoom meeting uh, and I've got my glasses on, my, my shirt on, and I've got uh, pyjama pants on the bottom, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, there's some benefit to that in that it's comfortable. 
but I would actually suggest against that uh, yeah. in that, um, you know, like having a, a working environment, you know, even at home in which you are maybe not wearing your pajama pants that you've gotten dressed, that you, you know, you've brushed your teeth and you, you've started your work day. Uh, yeah. And then taking some actual breaks yeah. uh, and doing something different. With me, one of the things that I do is I use the same computer for my work when I'm doing uh, telehealth. Uh, and, but then when I log off for the day, then I want to game on the same computer. Yeah. And so my brain will just not um, really recognize that things have changed. Yeah. So I'll still be kind of in that work mode. Yeah. So I've been suggesting to a lot of people that when the workday is over, I want you to log off, uh, get changed from your work gear into some pajamas or whatever you want, uh, go for a walk even to break it up. But anything that we can do to kind of signal to our brain and communicate to ourselves that the workday is over and now relaxation can take place. Yeah, it's still important to have that routine, isn't it, that you run to because once you start letting that routine slip away, then you're going to start letting other things slide. Yeah, And I, I remember last year with some people that I knew that were still working but finding it hard not to uh, be spending time with their colleagues, I suggested, well, why don't you, if, say, like you usually have your morning tea break at 11, why don't you set up a daily meeting for, say, three or four of you that you work with on a Zoom and then sit and have a cup of coffee with those four people so then they could chat about what was happening at work, what they were doing in their personal life, how it was during lockdown. And they actually found that that was a really big benefit because, before that, they were calling people, but it's not the same as actually seeing the people and chatting to them. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't touch, but we could still see and hear and, well, can't even smell people. But, you know, it's it's still that interaction that mm-hmm. feels more real than just being on the phone. Yeah, very much so. And just like organising that, like that's something that happens organically when you're in at the office, right? You go to get a coffee. As you walk past people's desks, you're like, hey, you want to get a coffee? And people go, yeah, yeah sure. And so that breaks up your workday anyway. Yeah, uh, And when you're working from home, you might just have a few hours, you know, three, four, five hours where no one's going to walk past your desk and ask if you want to no. go for coffee. Or and if so, you're all right. Yeah. And so you've got like, uh, you've got some people that will go that four or five hours of not having a break and being like hyper, hyper concentrating and, and then be exhausted at the end of the day. And then you have some other people that just not having anybody around them to make sure that they're doing work yeah. actually find it really difficult to stay motivated because there's no accountability. There's nobody watching them to make sure that they're producing something. What often ends up happening in that situation is that it comes crunch time, dead, deadline comes, and they find themselves working until you know, 1, 2 a.m. in order to finish off work that they hadn't uh, had the motivation to do earlier. So there's what I would suggest to people is work out how you operate. Work yeah. out, you know, like stop, get a pen and paper, write down how things are impacting you and brainstorm some ways to improve things, right? So whether that's the idea of connecting and having a coffee with people at 11 o'clock, I yeah, seriously all for that, right? I, I very much encourage that. If you notice that you're somebody that needs a little bit more oversight, right? Somebody that you know needs somebody to check in with you, maybe talk to your manager about how you can navigate around that or to uh, have some amount of uh, additional accountability in terms of like uh, producing things on a more regular day. Or if you're somebody that We'll just go four or five hours uh, and not have that break. 
actually schedule some break times in there, right? That that uh, that person that wanders past your your office and says, "Hey, do you want to go for a coffee?" You're gonna have to actually organize that. So. Yeah. Work out how you operate, how you work, and then come up with some specific strategies to try to help yourself navigate around that because everyone is different and we yeah. all approach it slightly differently. And, look, I will say that um, <clears throat> talking about anxiety, Zoom calls are fantastic. However, if you're doing two or three in a day or within a couple of hours, I actually find that more draining than standing and talking to someone in real life because mm -hmm. you're on camera, you've got to make sure you look okay when you first start the meeting and also those things that you naturally do like touching your face or scratching your head while you're talking to someone, when you're doing it on Zoom, you're actually thinking while you're talking, oh, no, don't scratch my face. Oh, no, don't scratch my ear. Oh, you know, what's that on the end of my nose? You know, you, you're making sure you don't touch your face and then we've been told don't touch your face. So if you do touch your face, people are looking at you thinking oh are they looking at me touching my face i'm not supposed to touch my face yeah so that's the downside i think of zoom because in real life you just do it and you don't think about it on zoom you're subconsciously thinking i can't touch my face i can't scratch i can't rub my eyes are people seeing that i'm engaging with them am i looking off into the distance <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, is my microphone working <laughs> like, yeah. uh yeah do i look like a cat <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have one client that uh, they were telling me that they changed a Zoom setting so that everybody looked like a cat. Um, I think it was a cat, or they were like some ears Is that or something. After that lawyer became a cat in America. Uh, yeah, it was very similar to that. Um, I'd heard about that one as well, but yeah, like they actually just couldn't work out how to turn it off. Yeah, because um, I've seen that you can actually look, like give yourself a rabbit nose and rabbit ears and stuff. And I mean, that's not the thing I want to do when I'm doing a professional Zoom call, but. You know, I know some people do do them. Yeah. So you were going to talk about uh, homeschooling. homeschooling. Yeah. Ah, this is easy. All right. I'll tell you everything that you need to know about homeschooling, uh, by which I mean I'm I'm joking because like it's just incredibly difficult, right? I think if I can give one piece of advice with homeschooling is don't have and, children. Ah, uh, yeah, don't have children. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there, but now that you say it, I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> like. <laughs> if you do uh, have children, then you... Assuming that you've already made that decision uh, yeah. or that decision's been made for you. Yeah. Uh, I just I just want to let people know, acknowledge it is incredibly difficult. So don't don't kid yourself. You, you're thinking that i got a lot of people in my personal and professional life that say, Isaac, I'm really struggling with this. I'm terrible at it. And when everybody says that, then you're not terrible anymore, right? Because it's a comparison thing, right? Yeah, a lot of people yeah. are struggling with it. So, you know, and this includes like people that have, you know, literally decided, that, okay, I'm just going to homeschool my kids and and I'm not going to work at all, right? So th that becomes their role and they're still struggling heaps. Yeah. Uh, so just try to dial down that self-judgment, yeah. right? When it comes to working with your kids, uh, there's like it's difficult, right? It just it, I'm just going to keep saying it's difficult. There's certainly some different things uh, regarding structure in particular that can be quite helpful in terms of setting a routine, uh, increasing your communication, trying to work work out some schedules and that kind of thing. But also you're just going to be struggling as well. So you got to remember you've got kids that are struggling because they're not seeing their kids. You've got yourself that you're struggling because you're not having the same social engagement and you're worried about this pandemic and what that all that means. You've got this consumption of news media that tends to be pretty darn negative. 
So yeah. there's lots of different angles kind of coming at you. And if you think that you can handle everything, like, uh, yeah, like it's just not feasible. So just acknowledge that it's going to be difficult and that you can and get through it. As well, is that everybody who has kids is in the same boat. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling really stressed about it, call one of your children's friends' mums and say, how are you dealing with it? And get together with them on Zoom and have a chat about how they're coping and maybe you know you all get on together and you have a bit of a chat about how you can best work things out because mm-hmm. uh, you're not just the only one this time you can't say i'm the only one that's doing it because it's happening to everybody yeah 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 and that's the case right so um i think that there's a lot of self-judgment and embarrassment about people struggling so they're just not telling anybody yeah uh, and uh, I would put significant money on if you start telling people that you're struggling, what you will hear back is I am struggling too. That yep. is that is what you'll hear. Like as soon as you open up that door to say, hey, it's okay that if you're struggling because I'm struggling, what you'll find is people will reciprocate that same sentiment. So yeah. uh, talk to people about what's going on. Um, depending on what your restrictions are in your area, you know, you can start to you know organize play dates or organize like you know, potentially having uh, homeschooling at one place and then at another place or going to the park and meeting up and doing lessons together, uh, working out what, uh, what's going on, like, you know, working around whatever your restrictions are in your, in your part of the world. Uh, and then, again, trying to navigate around that, right? Trying to say, okay, what's going on for me? How can I improve things? Who can I get to help me? Who can I ask for help? Who can I communicate with and engage with on a, on a social level as well? Uh, one piece of advice that I'm going to stress again, you, I just, it, a lot of people are struggling. It's super difficult. So it's okay. I guess some people around the world might think, well, we're talking, um, you know, we're actually lucky that over here we don't have the lockdown anymore. We did have one uh, a couple of weeks ago for five days. And even though we seem to be quite safe over here, we can't say that we're 100% safe because we just don't know what's going to happen. At the moment, things are returning almost to normal. I think we're back to 75% office staff are allowed back in the office. However, I think England are sort of looking at that around the end of March, April, that they'll be reintegrating into society. And it is pretty stressful. I, I remember when we first went into lockdown last year, some relatives and friends overseas were almost like, oh, my God, you're going back into lockdown. We're not. And then, you know, we went into quite a hard lockdown here in Victoria. However, we came back through it and then they started going into lockdown and it was like, well, maybe we did do the right thing. How, Even though it was very strict and we all went, oh, this is too hard and, you know, we had, um, uh, what was it, where we couldn't go out after 8 o'clock curfews. However, it did change around really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And people did manage. I mean, there is the, you know, for people who couldn't work or lost their jobs, I mean, that is an awful thing to happen. Um, However, some of the people I know, like a couple of hairdressers who were like, oh, my God, I can't pay the rent, I can't do this, I can't do that, they've now found that since we've come out of lockdown, everybody needs a haircut. I mean, this is one instance. But they're being flooded and they're working more hours and they're actually paying back what they did run up as a debt. So now they're back to where they were before the lockdown. And I would imagine there would be quite a few different businesses like that where you couldn't get in and use their service. Now more people are doing it, especially gyms. You know, gyms were closed and no one could go to a gym. However, now after lockdown and we've all eaten five times more than we should each day, everybody's going (laughs) back to the gym. (laughs) I I worked out with lockdown that... uh... My wife was cutting my hair uh, in our apartment. I thought I could see a difference. <laughs> yeah, but 
once I could go oh, back okay. to the actual hairdressers, uh, what I've since discovered is that, because my wife actually cuts my hair pretty darn good, yep. uh, but what I'm paying for now when I go to the hairdressers is not the haircut so much as the cleanup, right? that I don't have to worry about cleaning it up at all. Yeah, because uh, we don't really have a space that I can cut my unless I go down to the park or something. So it just means that there's just a lot of hair everywhere yeah, uh, yeah. on uh, on the kitchen floor. So <laughs> a little bit of a difference in in mentality pre and post yeah, yeah. lockdown. And, and look, it's good uh, seeing like I mean, uh, look, one good thing I found last weekend is I really wanted to get myself some breakfast, and I didn't want to go and have to go to the supermarket, buy it, come home and cook it. And I didn't want to go to a cafe and sit in it and eat it because I was just in my tracky pants and a shirt. And I rang up um, a restaurant that used to only do dining. And I said, do you still do takeaway? And they went, oh, of course. So now those sort of places that would only ever, you had to go in and eat it, yep. now do takeout. So I just pulled yep. up in the car, ran in, grabbed it, and then came home and ate at home. Yep. The same is true with psychologists. So uh, I can't imagine ever stopping uh, offering telehealth as an option. Yeah. Uh, and what that's meant that, you know, like, people that can't make it in or people in rural or remote areas are able to book appointments knowing that they can do sessions via Zoom. So, And that is brilliant, isn't it? Because we found the same with our online discos with um, people with intellectual disabilities. We have some people who aren't able to travel. Mm-hmm. We've got people who are up in the country who Zoom in, do the disco for two hours and then finish. And for them, though, there's no services in their area, so they weren't doing anything. And yeah. now they're getting to meet these other people from down here in Melbourne yeah. having a good time. Yeah, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of benefits that have come out of this pandemic, which is certainly not to discount the negatives, but no. uh, a bunch of positives. And, and I think it's super important to stop and recognise those positives because there's so much negativity around this. And so it's good for us to stop and just go, you know what, there are actually some really good things about this. Yeah, and look, we need to have hope, don't we, because uh, other people around the world, I mean, hearing that we've come through it here in Australia, even, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, but at the moment we're in a pretty good position. And for those people around the world to see that it can be done is actually a good thing because otherwise they're living in, well, what happens next? Is this the end? You know, where where do we go from? Yeah. But, I mean, at the moment we can go pretty much anywhere. We don't need a mask unless we're in a supermarket or if we're on public transport. So it feels like we are almost back to before pandemic times. Yeah, so we're starting to get there in, in Melbourne, uh, in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, I think today going through anxiety and talking about uh, exactly what's happening on a physiological level is super important in understanding that. We touched a little bit on social anxiety and how there are differences in uh, increased anxiety going back into society and actually having to go to things and that risk of embarrassment and what that means. We talked a little bit about uh, the difference between uh, regular anxiety and then an anxiety disorder in being that everybody has anxiety. Uh, some people, that anxiety gets tipped up to the, the scale into the max, into the too high. Uh, there are some people that have it too low, and what we really want is in that Goldilocks zone, in that middle. Yeah, Goldilocks zone, I learned that. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about working from home, some general tips on trying to shake up your day in uh, orchestrating some specific catch-ups, uh, being able to say, okay, I'm going to actually get dressed for the day or just differentiating between work versus being at home and leisure time. 
Uh, and then we also just had some, you know, some general chats. I'm really keen to actually do another one of these with you. Maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, re-entry syndrome. I don't know if you've heard about this. Re-entry syndrome. Yes, well, I think that's what we're going to talk in the next one, aren't we, about re-entry yeah. syndrome, about people um, with panic attacks and how they're managing to get back out into the community after COVID or as COVID winds down, I guess, a bit. Yeah, so that sounds that sounds a really good really good use of our time. Next one, we can uh, talk about going back into society once these restrictions yeah. start easing, yeah. and some of the pitfalls that we might face in those situations. But see, this is why I love having you on because at the end, you summarise everything so succinctly that I actually don't have to, and I don't have to try and sit here and remember what we've talked about to say, oh, and we discussed this, this, and this. You just put it all together in a nice little box so people go, oh yeah, that's what I've just learned about today. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's almost as if it's part of my job to like summarize know, these things. And, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, shall we leave it there then? Sounds good. All right, well, thank you, Isaac. Uh, it's been another great uh, chat. Uh, so I believe we'll be doing another podcast next week, which we'll be talking about re-entry syndrome and uh, I guess coping with meeting people and getting back into society. Sounds good. All right, I'll speak to you then. Thank yes. you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other and thanks for listening. Thank you.